Hello everyone, Tatia Hao. We are the PHPS UK Student Union and this is the eighth episode of our podcast. Each week we invite entrepreneurs, business professionals or experts from different backgrounds to talk about their success stories or areas of expertise. My name is Zaid and I'll be your host today. My name is Tatiana. I will be your co-host. This week's podcast is about student entrepreneurship. Our guests today are Karouche and Michelangelo, the two founders of Almost Founders. Almost Founders is a UK-based startup which provides early-stage entrepreneurship education for university students in the UK. Uh, hello, guys. I would like to thank you for taking the time to join us today. It's an honor having both of you with us. Could, you, could we start off by you briefly talking us through your backgrounds and share how you started Almost Founders? So, yeah, just I'm, I'm going to start off. My name is Kurush, 21 years old. I'm from Iran originally. I lived in Tehran all my life until I was 18. And I came to the UK four, four years ago to study here before I went to the CAS Business School uh, to study business management. I took a gap year where I worked in a few charities and I had like a little office job. Um, but that is my basic background, Angelo. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Uh, my name is Michelangelo, as you might be able to say by my name. I'm originally from uh, Italy, but I'm half Swiss, half Italian. Came here in 2018 uh, to study uh, in my course, which is business management at Cast Business School. I'm currently in my last year, also 21. Um, I started getting into entrepreneurship a few years ago when, when I first came to university, interned at Wara UK, which is a Telefonica's accelerator for startup, and um, also had an interest in marketing, so also tried out interning at PayPal, uh, and then uh, I finally ended up back into entrepreneurship with Kouraj. Cool. Uh, how did you guys meet, and uh, what's the story behind Almost Founders? Um... Basically, I was in my second year, I kind of became obsessed with just going into finance. So I applied for like this finance internship role, didn't really apply. It was through like connections of connections. So it was pretty much guaranteed. And then um, when COVID hit us, I lost that internship. And something that I did and something that I was always interested in was education, especially higher education. Um, that is my field of interest. That's what I'm passionate about. But so I just sat down for a whole summer trying to figure out how entrepreneurship education works because I had just gone through a course that was about entrepreneurship education and I found it to be all right, but not good enough, to be honest, um, even though it was much better than everything else I saw afterwards. And I just looked at the whole ecosystem of entrepreneurship and I found that there's these incubators, the incubators who were traditionally created to give mentorship and help to young founders with just an idea these incubators were moving away from that model and they were starting to take in people with more experience, people with customers already, people who have more than an idea at the end of the day. And this just made me think that if they continue moving away, who is going to be there for those super young, ambitious founders? There's probably not going to be anyone, right? Because higher education institutes, their incentives are also a little bit different, but not to dive too deep into that. Um, so I messaged Michelangelo and I asked him whether this kind of gap that we that was evolving within the market is actually real. And it was 
because he worked at Wira, and that's where I give it all on to Michelangelo. Yeah, I can I can only speak. Um, so I, I could only speak based on my experience. But having worked at Wire, it was quite clear that the messaging that was coming from, from the CEO, the managing director of Wire, was, guys, we got to move towards later stage companies because the risk is lower. Uh, there is more opportunities for partnership between the startups and the corporation. And so it was only obvious to move towards later stage companies. And so I could confirm that indeed. Uh, Waira and accelerators uh, around Waira were moving towards later stage startups um, because obviously I had to do my research for uh, when I was working there. So that was the that was um, what I knew about it, and uh, I, I also found Kuros quite um, quite an interesting person. And so we he asked me whether he wanted I wanted to join him uh, into starting off with almost founders, and uh, and uh, I found it an. Uh, a very very good opportunity and i really wanted to have some fun and do something real and so i i took it as quickly as possible and uh, and we started off well thanks a lot what do you do exactly at almost founders what's the concept the idea yeah the, the idea is uh basically the idea behind almost founders is is quite simple we just want to support um aspiring young ambitious founders we just want to produce uh quality content and create a network of support for uh founders that are that want to go from zero to one that have the intent but don't really know what to do in their early days so we see a lot of uh, a lot of material out there that focuses and starts talking about you know how to found your startup but that's such a small proportion of startups and so, so much later. And, and we saw that there is really a lack of information when it comes to the first few days. What do you do when, you know, you want to become a founder, but you don't know where to start? What, what, are, what is the first thing that you do on a practical level? Where do you start? And so that's where we uh, had it with our podcast, um, which is called Almost Founders, obviously, <laughs> as the name of the company, uh, where we try to give super, super practical advice to um, early stage founders and uh, also where we're moving towards with our entire organization, not, not necessarily only advice, but also a network of support for early stage founders. Yeah. So something that we found while we were building the community around almost founders is that as, as a community grows, so you create a WhatsApp chat with 10 to 15 people, that's a cool place to be. Everyone's in there for a reason. You know, they didn't randomly find you. They probably are your friends you build these cool connections, but then it grows, it grows, it grows. You get to 50, less people know each other. You get to 100, 200. And then at some point, it's just a big group of people and whoever yells the loudest gets the attention at that point in time. So we, we set out to find the solution to that because we thought that was a huge problem. And during the same time, I was reading some research around massive open online courses and how they are supposed to help underprivileged learners get access to real educational material. And I read that that is actually not really true because the places where people learn are in communities of other learners. So Waves is, at the end of the day, uh, a shout for us to get back to the first principles of what a community is. A community is a place where you know the people. A community is a place where you feel safe, where you feel heard, where you feel like you can actually get something out of it. And that is Waves. Instead of adding you to a group of like 2,000 people, we match you with 10 to 15 other people who, who are genuinely interesting to you. We help you have conversations. We send in content specifically made for you. 
and that's how you can build these real connections. And after four weeks or three weeks, depending on how it goes, the group just blows up and you get added to a new group. Because at the same time, we also understand that us people in this age, we have a need to constantly meet new people. So right now we're really, really pushing towards waves because I think that's that we all need at this point in time. Is there any like particular process of recruiting or what are the criteria for people who want to join the community? Um, you create your own criteria, right? So let's just take you as an example, Tatiana. From your comment earlier about uh, Fiverr, I assume you're into stock markets, right? You're into investing. Not really into, I'm just like trying in the beginner actually. <laughs> Okay, but let's, for the sake of this whole argument, let's just assume that you, Tatiana, are a beginner within the stock market and because you invested into Fiverr, you're kind of interested in platform technology companies. So you do that, you fill out our form and you tell us all about this. And within the next few weeks or within the next few days, we find people who are kind of like you. So we'll find a few who are a little bit below you, a little bit above you, but you all share this common interest. Then we add you to the group and you get to meet all of these people. So you're in a place where people are actually connected by common interests. You're not necessarily thrown out if you have like a, there, there is no recruitment process. We just try to find you the best people. Now, it's also important to notice that the exact parameters is something that we're working towards right now that we're gathering yeah. data upon to be able to make the most effective group chats possible. So right now we're exactly testing that. What are the most effective parameters to create the most highly engaged group chats? So, yeah. Thanks. It makes it much more clear maybe in the end of the podcast we'll ask you to share uh where and how to contact you guys if you don't mind yeah so well my next question will be uh, as you're still students right and you have founded your startup what do you think are the, are the biggest challenges early entrepreneurs and students uh, face when they want to start their business and when they run their startup? Uh, yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard to say exactly what the biggest one is, the most common one. Uh, I can say for me, being a student and a founder, the most challenging thing is always keeping in mind priorities. So uh, what I've struggled most with, especially in the past few months, is, is really time allocation and making sure that I am able to prioritize what I need to prioritize because it's very difficult to confuse the most urgent task with the most important one. And I tend to get caught up into uh, things that are not necessarily the most important ones, but might be the most urgent ones, such as, you know, university deadlines, which are very, very important, of course, but not as important as uh, what I consider uh, my passion project and uh, possibly what is going to define the next few years of my life, which is almost founders. There is a clear differentiation there uh, that I'm not always able to draw and that I should do better at. So that, that's something that I believe probably other students struggle as well with. Um, uh, but handing it off to course, maybe can give more insight into what we see more commonly among student founders. Mm, very often what I've found is, that there's a certain desire for a harmony between work, school, life, and everything in between. But the general truth around it is that um, the ones who work harder don't get results because of, I don't know, they're just hard workers. The truth is that very often when you start in a startup or like you try to build something, an additional hour of work is very clearly and visibly additional value for your business. 
So students at some point within their within their time at university and within their time starting a startup at a university need to come to this decision whether how much time they want to spend on each individual thing because yes you can balance them yes it does work out but just ask yourself what are my priorities what do i believe in mostly at this point in time and then spend most of your time doing that you will there's a decent chance you'll fail and you'll regret it but in the moment you'll just enjoy it and you're going to have fun right i i agree uh, i myself i'm a i'm still a current student and also a founder of a startup and i agree that the time allocation to either studies or work is uh, is very tricky some sometimes but you just have to examine the opportunity cost of giving up one alternative for the other and whether it's really worth it which uh, leads me to my next question I was wondering what the current business model of Almost Founders is and whether you guys see an opportunity for Almost Founders to expand elsewhere in the world. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good question because we're, we're in the process of figuring everything out. Um, we're in the process of understanding what we can monetize and how we can monetize it. But I think there is a lot of space for almost founders to expand upon um, areas that might not be as obvious as they look. Um, so whilst our mission is as stated is to support uh, aspiring founders and young founders, we've also seen another opportunity that we're sort of considering right now that we're not sure if we can completely turn down, which is waves b2b now this is a bit of a brand new concept that we're throwing out there we haven't really promoted it anywhere so it's a bit of an exclusive overview that you get to see but we're considering whether to use any space in running these micro communities for other companies so not for almost founders but maybe you know uh, to use an acceleration uh, accelerator program uh, where you want to keep your startup more engaged and, and ideas flowing between your startup founders. And so we create and we license this sort of wave model outside, or it might even be for a brand, you know, to keep your, your customers engaged and close to the brand. Um, it's cool if you want to expand upon that, that would be great. But uh, it's, a, it's a new concept and we don't want to give away too much because we really do not know what it's going to exactly look like. It's just something we're thinking about and where almost founders could expand. Yeah, um, something that I found within the last like two weeks or so is that as soon as your mind opens up to B2B, the world becomes a little bit more clear. As in when you want to sell a product to B2C, you very often have to get like to the emotions of the people that you want to sell to. You kind of have to convince them that what you're doing is better, but on like an emotional level. When you sell to businesses, it's numbers. And when you have numbers to back up your statements, it makes decent sense. So at the end of the day, what Waves does is it raises engagement by providing you a safe space in a community where you belong. Can we do that for brands? Can we do that for universities? Can we do that for accelerators? We don't know. But we do know that if we can kind of solve this problem, there's a big, big space within B2B for us to actually go ahead and do it. Um, I mean, in the example, Zayed and Tatiana, do you guys have like a university chat, like a big WhatsApp group or anything where you guys speak? Yes, we do. Yeah. So imagine like your university comes to us and they tell us that we have a WhatsApp chat with like 500 people in it or like 300 people in it with us. Like that's the case with us. But people are not really getting to know each other. It's COVID, like everyone's all over the place. And we just tell the university like, cool, just tell your 300 people to fill out a form. And instead of giving them like a 300 person chat, we'll create 
like 30 10 person chats people make friends much easier and probably on a level that is optimized for you we'll do that for you there that's that's how waves b2b basically works so this leads me to my fifth question which you guys all already touched the up on earlier in the podcast for sure um i think this has to be monetized if i'm if i'm not mistaken if it goes to b2b yeah of course yeah of course it it would uh it would be a monetized service um obviously if we can develop also a software to back up because otherwise it's just group chats right it's not we're gonna we're not selling group chats we're selling uh we need to sell something so if we have a software or a centralized uh, system where you can handle the matching system and you can handle uh in, entire group chats and optimize the content being sent out that can be ideally monetized and and it doesn't necessarily need to only be monetized on the b2b there could be also space to monetize the b2c and having a paid system subscription system to waves now this is something that is also tricky because of course when someone pays for uh your service to be added to a group chat then maybe they expect a bit more to be served and to be sent in content and maybe they engage a bit less that's that's just some psychological aspect that we need to figure out whether it actually has some effect um, but uh, we're not completely sure that ba- Waves B2C can be monetized. We're absolutely certain that Waves B2B needs to be uh, monetized, though. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, very much for answering that question. I'm, I'm, uh, I myself cannot wait to be part of Waves. I pre-registered a couple of weeks ago, and I encourage everyone who's listening right now to join Waves. Where do you see almost founders going after you, you guys graduate? Forever in our hearts, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll very obviously be working on Almost Founders for the next year. I've already made that decision. Um, I will do that. Um, now the question is, will we be working on Almost Founders primarily or on Waves? Um, we got to see that. But at this point in time, like within the last three weeks, a big change has happened for me on how I look at entrepreneurship and how I look at startups in a way. Um, the product that we had beforehand um, and that we still do with the podcast, uh, the feedback was very delayed, right? You have to wait for someone to listen to it. You ask them for feedback. It's going to be in text. What I'm finding right now with Waves is that you really have to take the short-term view because as soon as one wave is out there, you immediately see if it's working or not. And I think my heart rate is ridiculously high in the last three weeks just because of that. It's the weirdest time in my life. I feel like I'm going to die every five seconds, but it's fun. So I'm really looking forward to keep that for the next year and just work on something that means something to me. So, yeah, that's my side. Yeah, that's a that's a. It's an interesting question. It's also hard to answer because it, there is so many variables that can come into play. So when I might be saying something and then uh, there is, you know, the world falls apart, you're not really able to make predictions. But uh, obviously, Wave says a lot of potential. It's undeniable, uh, or at least for, for, for the two of us, it seems quite obvious. Um, it's just tricky because, of course, we, we have a vision, but it, we struggle on the technical side. So we don't know how feasible it is. We think it's feasible, but there is many, many variables. I think uh, I, I want to work on it as well as much as possible. 
uh, I also will need to feed myself. So I need to find a solution where I'm able to work on waves uh, or almost founders and be able to feed myself. So it's, uh, it's difficult to see how much time I will be able to allocate exactly to almost founders or wave uh, and how much I will need to dedicate to an external job to be able to survive or whether maybe almost founders itself is going to be able to do that, just be ramen profitable and be in a way that we can sustain ourselves. That would be the ideal case scenario to be completely honest. Um, but it's challenging when it comes to the future of almost founders. It's 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 this this two ways that it could go either towards more towards waves or towards uh, or towards going towards um, almost founders. And Zayed is is writing in the in the chat box feed the man uh, all caps, and which made me laugh. It's true. I need to be fed, and that's a, a serious issue. But thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot for your time. It was great talking to you and. Any tips for potential entrepreneurs? Uh, but before before we finish, it's hard. It's so hard, guys. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know what to say. It's been a hard few weeks, especially harder now. But I mean, it's so worth it. It's so much fun. Like, just go for it and uh, chase a problem, not not an idea. Find a problem and solve that rather than like just coming up with a next big app or something what about you michelangelo yeah for me it would be i mean i see so many so many of my friends that want to want to get into entrepreneurship and want to do something but they never start anything and i think that that makes sense but i just want to say start something just go for it you don't need to announce it to the world you don't need to you know make a big plan or whatever just start working on something uh, i think that's the biggest barrier for a lot of uh, aspiring founders is to actually just get your hands dirty and start building something start talking to people get involved a good starting point can be just waves just start talking to people that want to do the same thing as you or similar things to you and and get involved gets your hand dirty because otherwise nobody else will do it for you like you just end up with a normal career path that you don't actually want because that's the typical career path uh but if you if you want to do it then just start already i know it might be difficult through assignments and everything else but it's worth it as Kurt said i agree thank you guys so much Thank you so much, Zayed. It's been a, and Tatiana, it's been a very, very fun interview and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you for, uh, for making this. It's a good, good uh, thing, especially for a university to push so much towards, uh, you know, sharing ideas and, and showing the struggles of student entrepreneurs. It's very, very good to see that um, there's people putting effort like you behind this. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you again. And like, thank you to both of you. Shout out to both of you, but also shout out to your university. Um, they're pretty forward thinking. I, I enjoyed that a lot from the col collaboration with us to this podcast. Like, nice. Good stuff. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you would like to reach out to either Karush or Michelangelo, or if you want to join the Almost Founders community, Please follow the link in the description.